Welcome to Good Guy Grant's podcast. It's mad decent. This is the Good Guy Grant podcast. I'm your host, Grant. Coming up on today's show, we'll talk a little Jim Lampley. I want to look at Hunter Revfro, what he was talking about. We'll look at preview the NFL schedule for this Sunday, Monday. I want to first start off talking about the game last night. And I know people are going to say, you know, you're a Cowboys fan. Of course, you're going to defend the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm going to defend them. I would defend any team that got hosed like this, though, when you think about it. Cowboys lost 29-31 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay was at home. Dak Prescott outplayed Tom Brady. Dak Prescott, 42 of 58, 403, three TDs, one interception. Tom Brady, 32 of 50, 379, four TDs, two picks. Dak Prescott had a better QBR at 74.3 compared to Brady at 65.3. Neither team could rush the ball. Zeke Elliott, 11 carries, 33 yards. He is done. That contract looks like shit. Leonard Fournette, 9 carries, 32 yards. Zeke Elliott had a chance, one-on-one, against a secondary player. Now, Dalton Schultz should have made the block, so I'll give give Zeke that credit for that. But the fact is, when you're going one-on-one against a secondary player, you want, as a running back, to be able to beat him. And Zeke Elliott did not do that. He got stopped. If that's Tony Pollard, he's in. If that's any other quick running back, he's in. But Zeke Elliott does not have the boost that he once had. All I heard this offseason was, Zeke looks good. Everybody needs to pay attention to Zeke. He's going to have a big year. I don't see it. I see the same Zeke I saw last year. Receiving. Both teams had really good wide receivers last year. Excuse me, not only last year, this game. This game, you had the Cowboys. Mark Cooper, 13 catches, 139 yards, 2 TDs. C.D. Lamb, 7 catches, 104 yards, 1 TD. Tony O'Brown for Tampa Bay, 5 catches, 121 and a TD. Chris Godwin, 9 catches, 105 and a TD. Gronk had a really good game, 8 catches, 90 yards, 2 TDs. I couldn't believe that the Cowboys' safeties and the linebackers could not cover Gronk. Gronk's not the old Gronk. He's still a little step slow. Bigger problem I had also, officiating. But I'll I'll get to that in a minute. I want to talk about the defense for a second. Cowboys defense. Their two leading tacklers were both in the secondary. Anthony Brown, 11 tackles. Jaron Kurtz, 11 tackles. Where was Leighton Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith? Combined six tackles between the two. Randy Gregory started at defensive end. It was a captain. One tackle at defensive end. No sacks for the Cowboys. I get so sick and tired of the Cowboys reporters, especially on social media, talking about, man, you know, Demarcus Lawrence is this great player, blah, blah, blah. He's getting $90 million, and you don't get a fucking sack. That bothers the hell out of me, and it's game after game after game with him. That Zeke contract and the Demarcus Lawrence contract look like shit. Levante David, Devin White, both linebackers for Tampa Bay, had a combined 21 tackles. 21. While the Cowboys linebacker core, Micah Parsons, Leighton Van Der Esch, and fucking Jalen Smith had 13 combined. That's between three players. But the key in that game last night was the goddamn referees in the last series of the game. Tom Brady throws the ball about 50 yards right side of the field, no receiver in sight, and they don't even call intentional grounding. That should have been intentional grounding. He was inside the tackle box. 15-yard penalty. 
loss of downs, bam, referee didn't call it. Very next play, Chris Godwin gets open about 30, 35 yards. Brady hits him. Chris Godwin pushes off on Jordan Lewis. No offensive pass interference is called. Chris Godwin catches it. Tampa Bay goes down, kicks a field goal to win. It's one thing, if you beat the shit out of one of my teams by 30, am I going to be pissed? Yes, but you won. That's fair. If you outplay the Cowboys or any of the teams I like and you win the game, that's fine. But don't have the referees decide the fucking output of a game. I cannot stand that as a fan. No fan likes that. This has happened before. Especially, I've been a Cowboys fan since 92. First game I watched, I won't lie, it was the Super Bowl when fucking Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly, Andre Reid went up against Aikman, Irvin, and Emmett Smith in the Super Bowl. That was 92. I was 6. It was 92-93 season. I've been a Cowboys fan since. I've watched this team go through quarterbacks like fucking Quincy Carter, Clint Stoner, Ryan Leaf, all those assholes. Even Tony Romo. Have a good quarterback in Dak Prescott. It's happened this multiple times now. It fucking happened the last time the Cowboys were in the NFC Championship game where fucking Aaron Rodgers got all the calls and the Packers end up winning. Remember that Des Bryant catch that the referee said he didn't catch against the Packers? They catch that ball. Cowboys probably would have made the Super Bowl. Would they have won the Super Bowl? I don't know. This shit is, needs to stop with the referees deciding the games. I cannot stand it. It pisses me the fuck off, and I'm tired of it. As a Cowboys fan, if they would have lost fairly last night, fine. Fuck it. That's a loss. But the fact that the referees decide that fucking game pisses me off, and it's going to be a problem, I think, all year. Not just with the Cowboys, but other teams. I want to start off talking about what's going on in baseball with Hunter Renfro. For people I did not see, Hunter Renfro, who is an outfielder for the Boston Red Sox, he's actually having a pretty good year. Uh, when you look at Hunter Renfro in terms of stats, he's batting 267. That's in 444, 445 at bat, excuse me. 27 home runs, 85 RBIs. He's a career. 238 hitter, and he's batting 267 with Boston. That's pretty good. He came over from Tampa. Hunter Renfro said, and I quote, The Boston Red Sox were told by Major League Baseball to stop testing for COVID and just treat the symptoms. And the Boston Red Sox responded and said, We were like, no, we're going to figure out what's going on and keep trying to keep this thing under control. Major League Baseball already came out and said we never told the Boston Red Sox that. That is horseshit. I don't believe Major League Baseball. The reason I don't believe it is because of the fact that when you look at the Boston Red Sox, they had a COVID outbreak where they had 11 people, coaches and players, including star players like Xander Bogarts, test positive for COVID and he had to sit out. The Boston Red Sox as a whole are under the 85% vaccination threshold. In their clubhouse total. They are number one in the wild card right now. So what Major League Baseball wants to do. Because Major League Baseball's ratings have been down. Their total attendance have been down. For the past several years. They want the postseason. To have every single star. On every single team that makes the playoffs. So what are they going to do? They stop the testing on Boston. So Boston who has players that people want to see. And they draw ratings. So that way Boston can have a healthy team, no matter what, to be able to try to make a wild card spot. 
I don't think they're going to get to Tampa Bay, but I think Boston's going to go for a wild card spot. I believe what Hunter Redfro is saying when he comes out and says this. Why would he lie about this? You had players on your team test positive already. And Major League Baseball came down and said, you guys got to stop doing testing. Just treat the COVID symptoms yourself. That doesn't make sense for Major League Baseball to be able to tell a team to do that. What's going to happen now is Major League Baseball is going to come back, send a bunch of COVID tests to the Boston Red Sox and say, hey, go back to what we were doing before. That's exactly what's going to happen. Major League Baseball wants all these star players to be ready for the postseason, which starts in October. They want all the star players to be there so that way they can draw ratings. That's it. They want Boston there because Boston has a big fan base, regardless if they're racist ass or not, but they draw ratings on television because they are the Boston Red Sox. When you look at the standings, as of right now, Boston Red Sox are a game up in the wild card on the Yankees. One, they're 80-62. and 62. They're nine back of the Rays as of right now. I believe this story 100%. 100%. Now, the next story I want to talk about is the Jim Lampley story. People don't know, Jim Lampley, we used to be a big-time broadcaster on HBO. You know, he used to do Call the Fights on HBO. Max Kellerman, when he broke into business, was actually next to Jim Lampley. Jim Lampley honestly took Max Kellerman under his wing, kind of showed him the ropes. Jim Lampley signed a multi-fight deal with the promotion Triller back in June. Jim Lampley was told by Triller that he would be broadcasting big-time fights, being the commentator for them. What does Triller do? They put Jim Lampley on the Evander Holyfield versus Victor Belfort fight. Vander Holyfield is 58 years old. If you watch the training session with Evander Holyfield, it looks like shit. And now Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. are going to alternate commentary for this fight. Triller has already reached out to former President Barack Obama and Bill Clinton to see if they want to do future fights where they will alternate commentary as well. Triller, in my opinion, is nothing but a joke. It's not. Triller bid for the Teofimo Lopez-Gambosos fight. And the only reason that Teofimo Lopez, I guess, likes this fight from Triller is because Triller is paying him more money than Top Rank. Top Rank is owned by Bob Arum. Bob Arum could not get this fight sanctioned, so it went to a purse bid, and Triller won it. This exhibition between Evander Holyfield and Victor Belfort does not need to happen. Evander Holyfield is in terrible shape. And the only reason he is fighting is because he needs money because he has like 8,000 kids. He's six foot two, 58 years old, talking about Holyfield. He's fought 57 total fights in his career, boxing fights, 44 wins, 10 losses, two draws. Now, when you look at his record, the 10 losses to me kind of sticks out. Holyfield's last fight, May 7, 2011. He was 48 years old. He fought Brian Nielsen. He won. But when you look at his losses, he's lost to Nikolai Voloviv, 2008, Sultan Ibrahimov in 2007, lost to Larry Donald, 2004, James Tony in 2003, Chris Bird in 2002. These were all losses Evander Holyfield took while in his 40s. Does Holyfield have a good resume in terms of big time fights? Yeah, but it was a while ago. Beat Hasim Rahman, 2002. Beat John Ruiz in 2000. 
Lost to Lennox Lewis. Fine. Beat Mike Tyson twice in 97 and 96. Fought Riddick Bowe in 93 and beat him. He also lost to Riddick Bowe twice, though. Beat Larry Holmes in 92. Beat George Foreman in 91. Beat Buster Douglas in 1990. Resume for Holyfield is fine. I don't have a problem with his resume. That is fine. But Jim Lampley basically said, I'm not watching a 58-year-old Evander Holyfield who's only fighting because he's desperate for money look like shit in training, and call this fight. As a boxing fan, I don't blame Jim Lampley for doing this. I don't. I don't at all. And I don't blame, you know, why he left. When you look at even Victor Belfort's mixed martial art career, 41 matches, 26 wins, 14 losses. Last fight in MMA was 2018. He lost to Leota Machida. When you look at Victor Belfort's last big win, it was 2015 against Dan Henderson. He's beaten Dan Henderson twice. He beat Michael Bisping once. Lost to Anderson Silva. Lost to Allison Overeen, Tito Ortiz, Randy Couture. Victor Belfort was a good MMA fighter. But in terms of a boxer, I don't want to see this fight. I will not be watching this fight. This fight is September 11th. I'm not watching it. I don't blame Jim Lampley for leaving. I would have done the same goddamn thing, to be honest with you. I don't understand why boxing does not change this. Why are you letting Evander Holyfield get back into the ring? It does not make sense to me. That is the fight on September 11th. September 10th, you got Oscar Valdez, who should not be fighting, going up against Robin Kunsakio. I think that's how you pronounce it. That's for Valdez's WBC Junior Lightweight title. That's in Tucson, Arizona, ESPN Plus, September 10th. And again, the Holyfield fight is September 11th. After that, the, uh, the next big cards after that, to be honest with you, it gets kind of, I would say, boring until September 25th on DAZN when Anthony Joshua fights Olsen Usich. That's for the heavyweight title. I think that'll be a really good fight. Cullum Smith's on that card. Campbell Hatton, Ricky Hatton's son, is on that card as well. The September 25th, Sergio Martinez, Brian Rose. I don't want to see that because I think Martinez is done ever since he hurt his knee back in the day. Teofimo Lopez, Gamboso's fights. That's October 4th. Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. That's October 9th. That's going to be a good fight. Emmanuel Navarrete fighting on October 16th against Joet Gonzalez. That's going to be a good fight. And when you look at boxing as a whole, Shakur Stevenson, Jamel Herring. That's October 23rd in Atlanta. Triller is doing nothing right now, but basically making boxing look like a joke. I was shocked when I saw Jim Lampley even sign with Triller, to be honest with you. But I think because he, HBO's not doing it anymore, and Showtime wouldn't hire him because of his age, and neither would ESPN. So what Jim, Jim Lampley do? He took the money, and he went to Triller. Triller says, all right, go do Evander Holyfield, Victor Belfort. Jim Lampley says, fuck no, I'm not going to do that. I'm done. So he backed out. Want to switch up, talk a little NFL to kind of look at this weekend's game, see what's going on. So, again, Cowboys lost to Tampa Bay last night, 31-29. We'll look at Sunday's game, and I'll tell you who I think is going to win, to be honest with you. 1 o'clock games, you got the Eagles-Falcons. Jalen Hurts has a new weapon in Devontae Smith, but I think that offensive line for the Eagles has a little bit of issues. Matt Ryan has a new weapon in Kyle Pitts at tight end. Calvin Ridley's there. Julio Jones was traded to Tennessee. I think the Falcons end up taking this because they're in Atlanta in the Georgia Dome in a Mercedes-Benz. 
I think the Eagles offensive line struggles in this. The other 1 o'clock game, Steelers-Bills. TJ Watt coming off the biggest contract for a defensive player in NFL history with $28 million a year. Signed that new deal yesterday. Going up against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills take this. It's in New York. The only actual team in New York for the NFL is the Buffalo Bills. For people who did not know that. The Giants and Jets both play in, in New Jersey. Ben Roethlisberger has a new offensive line. He has a new running back. He has Claypool and Smith-Schuster at wide receiver. That's fine. But Josh Allen with Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, Dawson Knox, tight end. I think the defense for the Bills is going to get a little bit better with Tredavious White, Traymond Edwins, the linebacker. I think the Bills take it. I think the Bills are going to be a playoff team and could make some noise. It just depends on Josh Allen's growth. Vikings-Bengals, another 1 o'clock game. Taking the Vikings. I think Kirk Cousins has a big day in the air with, of course, Adam Thielen and, of course, uh, Jefferson at wide receiver. The Bengals, I like Jamar Chase. I like Joe Burrow. I like Mixon. Tyler Boyd's good. But the Bengals' offensive line is atrocious. They need to fix that. And they need to have fix that secondary as well. Taking the Vikings. 49ers-Lions. That's in Detroit. Jared Goff's first game as a starting quarterback for the Lions. Lions have no wide receivers that are any good. Hate to tell you guys that. They're going up against the 49ers. We have a really good defense led by Nick Bosa. They haven't announced the starter, whether it's going to be Garoppolo or Trey Lance. I'm going to go with Garoppolo. I think the 49ers take that easily. Got the Cardinals and Titans 1 o'clock game. Kyler Murray has a new weapon in A.J. Green. They already have DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk. Tennessee, they traded for Julio Jones. They have A.J. Brown. Derrick Henry running the ball. Ryan Tannehill. I think the Titans win this because it's in Tennessee. I think Kyler Murray... Makes a couple mistakes, to be honest with you, and that's going to end up costing them. Got the Seahawks and Colts. That's in Indy. That's another 1 o'clock game. Carson Wentz returns from COVID list. He was out for a couple weeks. And then T.Y. Hilton is out for the Colts. Darius Leonard, the linebacker, signed a new contract in the offseason. Russell Wilson, D.K. Metcalf. I think that's going to be big in this game. Uh, The Colts secondary is not very good. I'm going to take the Seahawks. You have the L.A. Chargers and the Washington football team. 1 o'clock game. That's in Maryland for the Washington football team. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the new quarterback for Washington. Chargers, second year for Justin Herbert. Can he connect with Mike Williams? Austin Eckler running the ball. I think with Joey Bosa on that defense anchoring it, I think the Chargers end up taking this. It's going to be a low-scoring game in my opinion because Washington has a really good defense led by Chase Young. But I'm going to take the Chargers. Jets and Panthers, that's in North Carolina. Charlotte, to be exact. Bank of America Stadium. Sam Darnold going up against his former team, the Jets. Of course, you have Wilson at quarterback in his first game in the NFL regular season for the Jets. The new era has started with Zach Wilson at quarterback. But the problem with the Jets is don't have enough weapons to put him around and to make him successful as of right now. I'm going to take the Panthers. Jaguars and Texans, awful game, awful. Tyrod Taylor starting for the Texans because management for the Texans refused to play Deshaun Watson. How can you refuse to play a player who you are looking to trade? You want to get the maximum value for Deshaun Watson, you play him. 
period. That's it. Jaguars, Urban Meyer's first game as the head coach in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence's first game starting in the NFL. Of course, they're without rookie Travis Etienne, who's out for the year. I think the Jaguars end up taking this because the Texans are an absolute mess. Big games at 425. You got the Browns and Chiefs in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, again, they lost to Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. Browns made the playoffs for the first time in a while last year. They had a really good year. Baker Mayfield had a good second half to the season. His first half of the season was not great. They brought in Jadavian Clowney on defense. They have Landry. Odell Beckham's coming back. Nick Chubb got that new contract. You got Hunt also at running back. Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's going to be a really good third wide receiver for the Browns. Chiefs are returning everybody except for that offensive line. They traded for Orlando Brown, who's going to play our left tackle. I really like Orlando Brown. They brought Kyle Young out of retirement. Can this Chiefs offensive line stop the Browns? That's going to be key. If the Browns get pressure on Patrick Mahomes, I think the Browns win this pretty easily, to be honest with you. I think the Browns are going to win the division now, especially with all the injuries to Baltimore, which I'll talk about here in a little bit. But the uh, Browns have a good foundation what they're doing. I'll give them credit that they drafted Newsome, the corner out of Northwestern. If he doesn't get handsy like he did at Northwestern, to where if he does what he did at Northwestern, shows off his athletic ability, and doesn't use his hands a ton to where he's grabbing at wide receivers, he'll be a successful corner in the NFL. They need Denzel Ward to stay healthy. They brought in Johnson from the Rams, who's a really good safety. It's all about, can the Browns take the next step, in my opinion? This is a big game. See what they can do. Got the Dolphins and the Patriots, 425 game. Tua Tagovailoa has a new weapon, and Jalen Waddle, fast as hell. Uh, he's only five foot ten though, so that's something to watch. Is he's under two hundred pounds? So that's gonna be something to watch. Can Jalen Waddle stay healthy once he takes some hits? Patriots. Mac Jones is the new starting quarterback. They released Cam Newton. Patriots invested a little bit in the offseason, to be honest with you. Patriots basically said, "All right, we're gonna go with the rookie quarterback, and then we're gonna buy a bunch of talent around him." Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, and Kendrick Byrne are the wide receivers. That's kind of iffy. We'll see what Mac Jones can do with that. Damian Harris, James White running the ball. Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry are going to be the big weapons for Mac Jones. Can that offensive line led by Trent Brown, Shaq Mason, David Andrews hold up? I think the Patriots end up taking this. I do. I think the Austin Jackson injury at left tackle for the Miami Dolphins is going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Uh, I think two is going to have a little bit of issues, especially with that offensive line. Packers and Saints, this would be a big game at 425 if Drew Brees was still playing. He did retire. It's the Jameis Winston show for the Saints. Michael Thomas, not very happy down there in New Orleans. Alvin Kamara, see what he can do. I think the Packers end up winning this. This game was moved from New Orleans to Jacksonville because of Hurricane Ida. I think Aaron Rodgers has a balled-out season because he is not a contract here. He wants to show teams he can still play at a high level. 425 game, you got the Broncos-Giants. Teddy Bridgewater starts for the Broncos, going up against Daniel Jones. We'll see what kind of development Daniel Jones takes this year. Ultimately, I think the Broncos, with Von Miller coming back, they drafted Patrick Sertain, the corner out of Alabama. I think that defense smothers Daniel Jones, to be honest with you. Bears and Rams is the Sunday night game. 
this would be a fun game to watch if the Bears started Justin Fields. They did not. They're starting Andy Dalton. It's Matthew Stafford's first game as the starting quarterback of the Rams. What can he do? He threw for a ton of yards with the Lions, but that was because the Lions were always behind. So we'll see what Matthew Stafford does under the lights in L.A. Monday night, got the Ravens and Raiders. The Ravens are banged up. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Marcus Peters, all out for the year. They brought in Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell to the practice squad. They just signed Latavius Murray as a running back. The running backs right now going into this game are Tyson Williams and Trenton Cannon for Baltimore. I I assume Latavius Murray will end up being the lead back eventually uh, for the Ravens. It's going to come down to can Lamar Jackson play at an MVP level again, ultimately. That's going to decide the Ravens' season. The Raiders, they're going to be the Raiders. Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, can Henry Ruggs be that number one wide receiver? Can John Gruden get this offense going? I don't think so. I'm not a big John Gruden guy as of right now. I think he's too too much of an old school coach, but we'll see. You can like my Facebook page at the Good Guy Grant Podcast. Follow me on Twitter, Good Guy Grant One. Hope you guys enjoy the football weekend. Talk to you guys soon.